Hi there, everyone. I'm Gwen Jones, and welcome once again to the I'm a Rotarian podcast, the weekly podcast where I introduce you to amazing people that proudly call themselves Rotarians. Well, this week, Charlie Wasser is back. I know. Charlie and I had an awesome interview not too long ago, but during that interview, he tickled my fancy with an interesting little thing. He said, Gwen, I'm starting this project called Rotacare Free Clinics. Hmm. Rotacare? Sounds almost like rotary. Free clinics? In a time where healthcare, let's just say, is interesting? Had to bring Charlie back. And he, of course, said yes. So this week, we're talking healthcare. We're talking rotary healthcare? No. Rota Healthcare. Rota Healthcare Free Clinics this week with Charlie Wasser on the podcast. Thanks for joining us. Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. I have a return guest. I do this every once in a while, and I usually do it because in the basic interview, a little, a little nugget, a little nugget is said, and I'm like, oh, we should talk about that. And the last time Charlie Wasser was here, he talked about Rotacare free clinics and he did it really quick. And this was the guy that supposedly didn't have any titles, but he happens to be the rotary liaison to Rotacare free clinics. And that's what we're going to talk about because I want to know about free clinics, especially during these unusual times that we all live in. Charlie, welcome back to the podcast. Mr. I have no title. You liar. You lie. You have a title. Is it the truth? I can't be a Rotarian if I'm a liar. We got to change that one. That's right. 30 seconds in and you've already broken your four-way test. How are you doing, Charlie? Good to see you again. (laughs) I'm doing great. And thank you. Great to be back. Um, I like, uh, well, I like having a microphone in front of me. So you and I will be fast friends. Oh, there we go. There we go. Well, I can't see your microphone. I can see the lamp in the background. And of course, this is an audio podcast, so no one can see you have a microphone. But I will just you know, is it the truth? Here we go. Well, and if, and if people haven't had a chance to check out Charlie's podcast, look it up, uh, then, you know, listen to it, review it, tell your friends about it. Uh, it is called the man with no titles and it is, and it is very funny because Charlie has been around long enough to have so many titles. He doesn't, you're living in the now. Is that what I'm, is that what I'm hearing from you, Charlie? You're living in the now you're not living in the past. And the now is Rotacare uh, free clinics. Give, give us a little, give us the cliff notes. What the heck is this? Okay. I like that. I mean, free clinic. I mean, I mean, that part kind of makes sense. I mean, I may be blonde, but when someone says free clinic, I can kind of understand what that means, but Rotocare is an interesting name and it almost sounds like rotary. So tell us a little bit about it. So let's, uh, Hmm. Why don't we start with the history of the name? The name originally was Rotary Cares. Okay. And I know I'm going to get in trouble again. There oh, it's are okay. A whole bunch of attorneys running around Rotary that have to do something. So they sent a nasty letter saying you cannot be called Rotary, but we will let you be. We will let you use Rota. Really? Because I know we have a thing, and I'm sorry to interrupt, but I know yeah. I know when it comes to a lot of websites or people that want to do things, you can use the word Rotarian pretty freely, like a Rotarian life or a Rotarian, you know, t-shirt company or Rotarian, but to use R-O-T-A-R-Y, 
Rotary has some specific connotations to it. Yeah, actually, as a t-shirt company, you can't use it. That's what I was doing for a while. Uh, I mean, I could say Rotary shirts at Wasser Graphics, but I couldn't say Rotary shirts at RotaryShirts.com. Okay. Because that would help. That would make people think that Rotary owns the company. Which uh, we can talk okay. about some other time. Well, uh, but that actually makes sense. I mean, in some ways. I mean, yeah. and we can we can have a whole discussion on trademark agreements and stuff go. for some other really unstimulating podcast. There you so go. you wanted anyway. to be Rotary Care, is that correct? So the original name was Rotary Cares. Okay. The idea was to build uh clinics in the San Jose Bay, San Jose, San Francisco Bay area, which okay. most people think of as Silicon Valley, which always people raise their eyes. Really? Silicon Valley free medical care? Um, yeah, because in the corners and in hidden off the streets at the time, there were poor people in Silicon Valley. There are people that work for less than minimum wage, where they work two or three jobs at a fast food place. And they're not making that much money, so they cannot afford insurance and they need it. Also, the uh, homeless situation in Silicon Valley is bad. It's been getting worse. Obviously, these people cannot afford medical care, but as human to human, they are entitled to it. Absolutely. Yeah. So they developed the idea of Rotacare free clinics. And let me give you a paper definition that we have or just a quick quick history of it. Rotacare Free Clinics has been providing free medical care to those who have the most need and the least access to medical services for over 30 years. Wow. We focus on relief of immediate pain and suffering and then formal referral to a larger health systems for ongoing care, in other words, a hospital or whatever else. Right, right. Currently, we offer 15 free clinics now operating in four states with expansion underway to other states. The four that are up and running, uh, there are about four, the 15 that are up and running, 10 are in the San Francisco Bay Area that I just mentioned. Three okay. are in the Puget Sound area around Washington. Mm-hmm. One is in El Paso, Texas. One is in uh, Long Island, New York. Um, wow. So literally, literally coast to coast. Yeah. Yeah. Literally well, it's it even better coast to coast because we have one in Jacksonville, Florida. Wow. That really stretches the country. And then I have, uh, you know, having arrived in San Antonio and definitely seeing the need for this concept, uh, I have about four of them under development or that's the goal. You know, I'm ready to go with one to open it in the next couple of months. Um, so are these like storefront clinic kind of clinics. I mean, I'm, I'm going to use, I'm going to use the, the dirty word of a, of a Planned Parenthood, even though I, I do love it, love them, but they are a independent mm-hmm. clinic. Are, are these rotocares? It can anybody just walk into one or is it specifically for low income? They are designed for low income people that are either underinsured or have no insurance. And are they affiliated with the hospital next week? So I'm I'm speaking to you as we've talked before in a very rural area, right? Right. right? And so I'm I'm out here on an island. We have a small district uh, hospital that has at each end of our island kind of a small walk-in clinic mm-hmm. that anybody can go into. Whether you're on a thing called Apple Care, which is here in the state of Washington for low-income folks, or if you're on Kaiser or Blue Cross Blue Shield, you can walk right in there. Is it similar to that kind of design? Well, it's further down uh, the insurance scale. These are people that have no insurance. 
Okay. There is never a payment and there is never a, uh, a request for documentation. Okay. So those people that are, however they made it into the country, you know, again, I've used the term human before and it's, right. we look at people that are living and breathing humans that are entitled to healthcare. In one form it is possible to be, it is impossible to be an illegal person. Right. You cannot be an illegal person. You can do right. illegal acts, but you cannot right. be an illegal person. Right. Look it right. up in Oxford. Oh, we could have fun here. I know. I'm, I'm, I'm um, already wait, I'm already waiting for the for the email. Rotarianpod at gmail.com for all of your, you know, wonderful uh, uh, adaptations on the word illegal. But I digress. Please, Charlie, as you were. Um, no. So anybody that can come will come to us. And the level of service is really quick. The type of things that we will treat, and this would be like either one time or maybe two times they would come to us. If it's somebody that really needs ongoing care, we would work with the local hospital or doctors or whatever is available to us. Uh, in some cases, the uh, local emergency wards will help support the clinics. Because in that way, everybody says, well, if you're sick, go to the emergency ward. Right. No, they won't charge you if you can't afford it. Uh, the hospitals would rather not have that kind of a bill, but they also want to take care of people. So I think legally they have to help support that type of an effort, but just for their own, you know, sanity and health, financial health, they do that. So they will donate and we'll get to fundraising in a few minutes. They will do that as a way to help the uh, clinic raise funds. You know, because if you go to the, if, you, if a homeless person walks into a uh, an emergency ward. They need help, 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 right? They right. are entitled to it like everybody else is. There's nobody around that can pay that bill. Uh, the government, I think, gives them something, but. Well, and, and I have to say that, unfortunately, uh, especially, it, it, it sounds like your particular clinic speaks the language of our homeless community. And when we mm -hmm. say a homeless community language, per se, we're dealing with mental illness mm -hmm. outside of, we're dealing with pregnancy, we're dealing with mental illness, we're dealing with, it could be anything from a fist fight that somebody got involved with right. to mental illness. And I have found uh, when I have been the few times into large city emergency rooms, sometimes when those people walk through the door, it's almost like, well, are you here with something quote unquote wrong with you? Or are you yeah. here trying to get warm because it's cold outside right. and you can sit in an emergency room? So, um, so that that sounds like an like an extra extra step that's kind of really interesting that you people do. Help me with that when you say extra step. Well, because because of I think I think when homeless people walk into a hospital, I think and I will speak for myself. I feel mm -hmm. that because of what I have witnessed, mm -hmm. the first thing that comes to people's mind is if they're walking into an emergency room, they don't have an emergency. They want a place to come in and stay warm. And to come into your place, it means they are you kind of a healthcare and a sheltery protective place at the same time? The uh, the main purpose is more the healthcare. Okay. You know, an individual in that state can come into the into the facility, and some of the facilities have enough room. If the person said, "No, I'm I'm okay. I just wanted to sit somewhere," then that's the healthcare. We're helping them warm up. So now, anything but, is um, healthcare. That is correct. Uh, and anything that anything like that that they want is free. There's no charge for that. And are they seeing doctors? Are they seeing nurse practitioners? Are they seeing nurses? All of the above? Yes, all of them. Um, the way 
the way this operates is that everything, there's some clinics, some of the larger uh, setups, they pay an executive director, but the doctors, the nurses, pharmacists, sociologists that are there occasionally, those of us that are on the board and trying to build these things and raise funds and whatever are all doing it pro bono. It's all the rotary mindset of, I need to volunteer to do this. Um, There was a doctor that I was working with that, this is sort of the delay on the clinic I was ready to open. He's active military and he's an emergency care physician. And he was starting to meet with the facility where we were going to open. And he got called by the army, as you'd expect. And he warned me about mm-hmm. it to go to Haiti. This was like about a week or so after the earthquake. Oh, yeah. And it's like two-sided to me. It's like on the one hand, wow, my U.S. military is out doing humanitarian things. It's not just going out. Let's see who we can shoot. Right. Um, so I thought that was great. He, I'm sure he's happier doing that, you know, and uh, but the other side was it slows us down. Now, the other problem we ran into since we're on the medical side of it is I've met with a lot of people, hospitals. I've also met with the uh, city of San Antonio through the mayor's office, the public health office, and said they're very happy that we're doing this and they want to be happy. They want to be helpful. However, COVID was taking all their time. I mean, one one of the agents I talked to even said, if you can show me a way that I don't spend 95% of my time on COVID of yours. So we should have a bunch. We should have a bunch. And that's what, yeah. And that was actually going to be my next question. We are, you know, we are, we are now, um, I guess we can safely say in our second year of COVID. I mean, Mm -hmm. here in Washington state, if anything, we're clamping down more, uh, you know, mandates and, and what's also very fascinating is that here in the state of Washington, uh, if you are a medical person, as of the 18th, now you and I are here uh, recording this today on the 12th, but in roughly five days, if you work for uh, any part of the medical field, you have to be vaccinated. Mm-hmm. Um, so tell us a little bit about your clinic. Do they have to be vaccinated? And how have you dealt with COVID-19? Is it all or do you send COVID to the hospital? Here's the irony of this. Um, we're trying to build healthcare centers for people with low income. However, right. a lot of the clinics closed because of COVID. So they had to go to the local emergency ward. I guess the feeling was they would be, they would be better set up to deal with COVID patients. However, the, we have a clinic in Santa Cruz, California. And even though everyone thinks about Santa Cruz, hey, it's the beach, it's great. Yes, there are poor areas. Sure, there. And they were able to get some of the vaccine, and they were giving the vaccines to uh, the people that were, you know, coming into the clinic. And are your staff vaccinated? As far as I know, they are. Yes, uh, the staff. I don't have any staff here yet. We're still building the thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I would be very uh, pushy about that. I would ask, and if they weren't vaccinated. They couldn't volunteer. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm vaccinated. And I can't. I just we're going off on a tangent here. I just cannot imagine not being vaccinated. I don't understand any of that. And on that one, they can send me the emails. Not yeah. <laughs> well, and I have to say, as Rotarians, I, 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 I can't imagine that there's a Rotarian out there speaking what we what we believe in and what we've done for how many decades now is. Uh, working with vaccinating children. How mm-hmm. I, I, if I find a Rotarian that isn't vaccinated, I, I really, unless of some kind of incredible uh, health concern, but we're getting off a tangent again, let's yeah, get yeah, back to, no. to Rotor Care. So you, you have 15 right now. 
and we've had a quick kind of like breakdown in a couple different places, but let's, let's backtrack a little bit and just say, was this your idea? And why did you, why do you want to have clinics? I mean, this is a daunting, this is a daunting uh, project to do. What, yeah, what inspired I, uh, it? Being a Rotarian and that nasty little four-way test thing about, is it the truth? God, it's a pain in the ass sometimes, isn't, isn't it? it? Isn't it? Because I actually have to tell you the truth. A friend of mine by the name of John Fisher, who was a district governor, the year he was district governor in the Bay Area, came up with the idea of starting the clinics. His vision was that the clinics be totally free, every concept, every aspect of it. Sometimes it's not always possible. You know, there are costs associated. And sometimes there's somebody that's going to run more than one clinic and you want to pay them something as the director. Right. John started in 1989 and it was around 1992, I guess, that Rotary came back and said, forget the Rotary cares because that was John Fisher's idea. Okay. Uh, now, when I moved to uh, San Antonio about a year and a half ago, I was in the process of trying to restart a uh, Latino Rotary Club. I don't know that I agree with the concept anymore. I did at the time, but that's another t- that's another podcast. That, is that podcast three? Okay, good to know. That's, that's three. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, so my personal physician's father was a Mexican immigrant, you know, Latino. He became a doctor. My physician, obviously, hopefully is a doctor, and the family just exploded all over San Antonio. Mm -hmm. And I said, one of the things we'd want to do in the club is start a clinic based on what's coming out of California, Mm -hmm. you know, to help the Latino community. Is like in San Jose and I guess a lot of other cities, there are a lot of poor Latino uh, communities for whatever reason. That's that's a podcast for Anyway, so we were going to do that. The club was, you know, I started getting pushback from a lot of my Latino friends saying, no, that's not a good idea. Just put a club in the Latino area. So the idea of doing a clinic through them fell down. But then it was like, well, wait a minute. I drive around the city of San Antonio. You know, it's up and coming. There's a lot of development. The house I'm in, it was in a development built 20 years ago. You know, it's a lot of spread, but there's also a lot of poverty. And I said, hey, we ought to do two of these clinics. And somehow that became four clinics. There are clinics out here ready to show you it is a popular concept, but it is needed. The University of Texas has six Mm -hmm. of them. You know, and they're sitting there also. Once COVID kind of abates, they will be helping us, you know, build more clinics. Um, so, you know, why would I want to do something like that? It just seemed like the right thing to do. I mean, I, I would drive around the streets of San Jose and see these poor people, the homeless people that were pushing carts and whatever else. And then the city would come in and clean up the area and they would take the carts and they had to assure these people that they could go pick their stuff up, you know, miles away. And that's all they had. And it's like the whole thought of, well, what happens to them from a health perspective and a human perspective? You know, and I've got the answer to other people saying, well, you know, you can't worry about everybody. It's like, okay, you want to worry about yourself? We don't take care of this person. He gets sick. You're going to get sick from him if you really need that kind of rational thought. But the way I'm looking at it is I see these people um, and they, they, they're just out of sorts. They need help. You know, I, I say they need, I, the way I describe it is these people need help now. You know, they need a bootstrap. It's not something that we're going to throw you a little, you know, something and then go away. It's, we're going to throw you that something. Then there's also going to be other somethings coming out so that maybe these people can get, get a life back and get off the streets. So it sounds to me like this is 
definitely a, a passion project, but it also sounds to me like um, you're there wanting to break the stigma of what a homeless person is. I mean, I mean, when you, when you, when you hear somebody say there's homeless out there, well, if they get, on, I'm, I'm going to be that person. We all right. know the person as I do my air quotes. Well, if they'd stop doing drugs right. or if they're right. young, if they just go home to their family right. and stick it out or pick right. themselves up by their bootstraps, they're all druggies anyhow, or right. prostitutes or mm-hmm. mental cases. Mm-hmm. Why Charlie, are you putting so much time and energy into all of quote unquote, those people because as a Rotarian, you know, which kind of tugs at my heartstrings and humanity, they are as entitled to health care as we are. How did they end up on the street? Why am I not on the street? Why are you not on the street? Who knows? They are. And as far as I'm concerned, it's one of the jobs that I need to do. The way of giving back is to help people get off the streets. Um, they are not there because they said, hey, I want to live on the street. You know, I want. I have not there. met anyone that said that. No, and they need the help. The other cases that we look at say the undocumented immigrants. Mm-hmm. They need the help too. They definitely need the help. Um, as an example, an extreme example, there is a church in downtown San Antonio, and there's a group that uses the church on Sunday mornings as a clinic, and they deal with the members of the homeless community. And when I went to visit there, uh, there were people from this community in sleeping bags, sleeping by the door, you know, wow. that were centered around that the hospital, around that church. They've been doing that for 20 years without a rotary, without anybody else. Um, they also had some students there from a local, I think it was the University of Texas hospital uh, clinic. Uh, I'm not mm-hmm. sure which, but uh, six or seven of them, six or seven young people. So I'm sorry, please. No, go ahead. No, no. no. I was then. So, so we've, we've dabbled into the, into the, you know, homeless, we've dabbled into uh, immigrants, um, undocumented folks. Mm -hmm. How do you, how do you just do medicine and not have any politics trickle into it? How can it, or have you had, and I should actually add to that religion as well, because you're talking about working with churches, you're talking about working with all denominations, all political preferences, all, how do you make that separation when it comes to healthcare? Is it actually easy to do? Most of the people that are involved at that level of healthcare, whether they're religious or not, if they're religious, they're doing it because their religion teaches them, you know, help thy neighbor. Type right. thing. Uh, my, in my case, let's say my parents came here from Europe after World War II. Mm-hmm. And the lesson they always taught was, yes, do what you have to to survive, but you also need to have time to help other people around you. You know, that it all goes together. You're not the only one that's supposed to exist. Um, the church that I told you about, it's a Methodist church, and there is a pastor in the church that has, it's called the Corazon Ministries or something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, he helps support that church, that uh, clinic on Sunday mornings. He is also a Rotarian, a member of the largest club in San Antonio. Um, you know, so he does it, the church thing, but he also does it through Rotary. You know, and again, the Rotary, the Rotarian mindset is generally, there's somebody that's hurting somewhere in the world. I have a passion for some reason. Something about that problem turns them on. 
So it, so in other words, it's very easy to separate anything political or anything religious with this, because you're really just opening the doors to healthcare. You personally, I know you well enough that you personally may have your own, but it does have, you know, it is Rota care, you know, mm-hmm. you're willing to give care to anything about anything to anyone and put right. them on to a hospital. Right. It's a, it's, it's a sticky subject. It's a subject that, you know, you knew I was going to poke, poke a finger in a little mm-hmm. bit if we were going to talk about it because sure. we are for one side of us that is the one side of me that's so excited that there are 15 free clinics out there. Right. There's probably also 30 clinics that have been shut down either by COVID or right. political concerns. Right. How, right. how do you think you're actually going to grow in these interesting times we have right now? And I would just say pure bullheadedness, but that's answering the question for you. <laughs> I was just going to say, <laughs> get out of my way. There you go. Okay. If you're in my way, I'll walk around you. Uh, I mean, I've had too much positive feedback on it. And if some of the people that are just playing the game of, oh, yes, that's a great idea. Don't pan out. There are other people to talk to. Um, Unless somebody I'm in Texas and I won't go there because I know I'll get in trouble. Um, There are some things that come up in Texas where it's like, really? Okay. Uh, Fair enough. There's one in particular I'm sure you know of. I don't like that getting my way. Okay. Good. Fair enough. Fair enough. So then, so we've talked about how Rotary, or I should say the Rotary name got in your way. You just renamed it. <laughs> we talked about how people could be shutting down clinics or even COVID shutting down clinics. Mm-hmm. Boom. We, mm-hmm. uh, we fixed that. So then let's go into uh, the world of fantasy, which is so much fun. Let's say somebody, some multi, multi, multi millionaire, whatever, I don't mm-hmm. know. I hear Jeff Bezos's wife is really eager mm-hmm. to like give money away willy nilly in San Antonio too. In she San Antonio. San Antonio. Yeah. So let's say she walked up to you and said, I would like to give you a hundred million dollars tomorrow. Well, what would that, what would you, what would your big dream be for the Rotocare to do something like that? We're let's actually, fun. <laughs> we're actually talking, well, no, no, we're actually talking in terms of even though we've been around 30 years, the next couple of years are going to be pretty aggressive. We're going out to shows. I'm going to be in uh, Tucson in mm-hmm. a couple of months, similar to the, the meeting I went to in Houston to get the word out with Rotarians. And the idea would be to get enough money and then look for matching grants, like somebody from Bezos's ex-wife or whoever, Bezos right. himself, uh, to be able to say, okay, if you want to open a Rotacare clinic, Here's the formula. This is how much money that we will give you, you know, and it's either an outright grant or, and we don't know, you know, obviously we're playing games. I think the safest thing to do is here's some money, match that money and it's yours for the clinic. Wow. But to do that, you're also going to have to answer questions, you know, of how you spend the money. Well, yeah. And that, that, of course, you know, that, that brings out the little bit of reporter in me is what you're almost saying is almost like franchising healthcare in mm-hmm. a way. That's exactly and That's okay. It. So if we're franchising healthcare, which is amazing. So you've gotten all this money and you want to open these franchises. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows that the McDonald's maybe down the street is a little bit different than the McDonald's you may have on the highway three hours mm-hmm. later, but they're all supposed to be McDonald's. You're right. talking about a, rotary backed four-way test 
clinics in all 50 states, how can they be supervised? How can they be all the same? And is, isn't that when you may want to work with the government and or some other way to do it? I know we're dreaming, but let's have no, fun no, with some no, dreams. No, 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 this is, I, you know, I, I dream, but I also stand back and go, that's a nice dream. Now let's wake up and go do something real. Okay. Um, All I right. Think, I mean, I think the dream, I think the dream is doable. Okay. Um, again, around somewhere in the last 30 years, there was a, uh, was basically a manual developed. It's 40, it was 44 pages. It has now been rewritten recently for this new expansion to about a hundred pages. And the theory is it's the recipe book. Okay. I had to bake a clinic and make it work. And part of the, here's the money and here's, you got to show us what you're doing with it, but you got to show us that you're within the framework of what the book says, mm-hmm. you know, the magic red book. We call it the red book. Okay. Um, each clinic may not necessarily be the, uh, the same, you know, just because of how do they work on it? What do they do? The clinic that I told you about in the church uh, on Wednesday nights, University of Texas is also in that same church, you know, in the evening. And they specialize in dermatology, which wow. is a major problem with the un- unhoused community, un- the homeless right. community. Um, you know, so those two clinics, while they would be within the model and the main part of the model is all volunteer work, you know, go out and raise money, try to pull in as many rotary clubs or Kiwanis or Lions or whatever service group is dominant in the area to get them to help you. So we're kind of going off of that. It takes a village kind of thing. That's exactly it. Um, You know, because again, you were saying, why would you do this? It's the uh, village mindset. You know, we're all running around and we're doing great. And then we look at some other people on the outskirts of the village and it's like, well, they're just like us, whatever color, they're just like us. Why aren't right. they? Why, you know, why isn't it our obligation to help them? Or how do we help them since it is our obligation to help them? Yeah, that, that would be the argument. So then, and I guess that was going to be my question. You, 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 how do you get people? I, now I'm somebody who'd love to help you. And mm-hmm. that's that, you know, cause mm-hmm. I am my brother's keeper. It's something mm-hmm. my, my parents and my partner and others like, you can't always be your brother's keeper. And I'm like, how come? <laughs> Why not? <laughs> um, but you know, you are going to have the argument from the bootstrap people that, that might think that they need to lift themselves up by their bootstraps and, we could do better. And this is where this question is going to be helping around the world. I think, I think Rotary forgets sometimes, or I should say us Rotarians forget that we have homeless here in America. We have things that kind of suck right here in America. And we sometimes don't take care of our Americans because it feels much better to make a toilet in Malawi or do wheelchairs in Guatemala, which are fantastic projects. Right. How do you get Rotarians to feel as passionate about their own backyard as we do the rest of the world? It's actually uh, becoming easier. Several years back, the Rotary logo was changed by a company called Siegel and Gale. They were basically PR slash advertising firm. And they said, one of the things that Rotary has to do is to say, it's nice that you're an international firm, an international organization, but a lot of the people that you're looking to have join when they first join, 
They want to know what's going to happen when they walk down the steps of their front door and say, oh, right up the street, you know, we can do a project. Right. We can do a Meals on Wheels or we could feed homeless or whatever it is. Then they slowly are supposed to bring in the international focus of it. So that what you're asking for hat was supposed to be shifting. I think in a lot of cases it is shifting. Mm-hmm. Um, the road care right now, we're trying to expand in the U S one of the clubs that I'm working with in this district asked if we could open a clinic right over the border in Mexico. Well, that's right. Cause from Texas, you're like right, right, right. there. Yeah. Right. And it was like, right now we're limiting ourselves to the U S just to get a grip. Um, but one of the things that is going to help us long-term in Houston, and this is why I go to these meetings and this is why I always stress how important the networking within the rotary structure is. I had a table talking about Rotacare and it was right next to this young lady who was from a company that distributes medical supplies worldwide, you know, (laughs) and stuff like that. Right. They donated, I don't know, something like 90,000 masks within Texas during the pandemic over the last couple of years. Um, Their goal now, they're based in Houston. Their goal now is to work with us, work with me (laughs) more than anything else to duplicate what they have in Houston, Mm. you know, have another facility to distribute that and start distributing their free medical supplies in the state of Texas. Wow. My sense is if that works, it won't be that hard to say, Hey, okay, we did it here. We can keep opening up. All right. Now what they offer and why I'm more than excited about this is my, one of my main goals. And again, uh, proven concept is to open the four clinics in San Antonio, then start opening some more in Texas. One of them, as it turns out, will be in Houston. If we do that, the product, shall we say that they are giving out and that they would give the clinics that I'm building would save us anywhere from four to 6,000 a year per clinic. Wow. At no charge, we would get this stuff. You know, they were the people that are operating this. The fellow that's the CEO has done well in business and management, not a Rotarian yet. You hear that, Walter? (laughs) (laughs) Sure. No pressure, Walter. Just letting you know. When he listens to this, like, ah, son of a bitch. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, so he's got the resources and he's got the backbone to go out and find enough of these. Excess medical pieces, you know, Mm -hmm. things that were needed last year that probably existed somewhere, but nobody knew how to pull them together. Walter's Mm -hmm. a pretty sharp guy, and he's been doing that on a worldwide basis. Uh, And now he's going to be doing it in Texas. Now, one of the things that I've alluded to is I am trying to start a Rotary Club online, what Rotary calls an e-club. Right. The main focus is to have people scattered around the country in various districts looking for rotary clubs and areas that need rotacare clinics. I've already got two women, one in, uh, I guess she's in Dallas. The other one is around Sacramento, California, that mm-hmm. are willing to do that. Uh, there are also, one is already starting to do some work with the board, you know, so she's getting ingrained into it. But other than that, I want the e-club to be worldwide. This just to, to build credibility, even if we just stay in the U.S. Right. To have the e-club do the rotacare, but also to teach about health issues, to teach about diabetes, to teach about um, 
But let's say, you know, one of my big ones, we're not there yet, but I did talk to the World Health Organization, Mm -hmm. the fellow that is driving their concept to eradicate cervical cancer. Wow. You know, and the idea there would be the Rotary Club would get involved in teaching about that. You know, we could either do it on our own or we would go back to them once we become a club with a track record. Mm-hmm. You know, which he and I both agreed to. They're not, you know, I don't want anyone to think they're sponsoring us. Right. But I am I am looking to go back to them when we've developed the track record. And that will also bring them into the world of HIV, since cervical cancer comes from HPV. Right. And the two little bugs are related somewhere. Chemically, somehow they're related. Yeah. You know, so yeah. you can handle one, maybe you can handle the other. Anyway, so with this club we're going to build up the credibility of being able to do the health services, the health education, build fit, you know, fairs in various parts of the country. I've got three young men in Africa that I need to touch base with. They're, they're giving me their WhatsApp number. I'll go on the assumption it's a real WhatsApp number. Well, yeah, could be. Uh, could, be could, could very well be. You know, looking at their, you know, their uh, write-ups on Facebook and such, you know, they contacted me and who knows, we'll find out, you know, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But the idea is to get at least 20 people. So Rotary will charter it. There's a Rotary action group called yep. QBAG, right? Right. We Brian are, Rush, a friend of the show. Absolutely. Who does uh, the action group? Uh-huh. Uh, I didn't know Brian was in QBAG. Yeah. He is. Oh. Yeah. Dude, he's being quiet about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, we were just voted in as a member. One of the members of our board, a uh, past district governor from Alaska by the name of Jane Little, was mm-hmm. a co-chair of HURAG at one point. So what HURAG is trying to do with the education, the e-club I'm talking about is going to be similar, but since we're going to be inside Rotary, the Rotary Action Groups, even though they're called Rotary Action Groups, are not official parts of Rotary. Right. All right. The, the lawyers in Rotary need to get fired or given I know, you, you, reality. Well, well, we'll quote our Shakespeare and say, kill all the lawyers, however... We do love our Rotary lawyers. That's podcast five. That's podcast five. Okay. Don't bring a lawyer on with me. Uh, <laughs> no, anyway, the uh, the whole thing with the club is the way to build, that I see is a way to build the uh, the clinics. You know, it's not a separate thing. And in the, in the other side of it, we will be helping with health issues, which does its thing. And maybe someday yeah. spread to the rest of the world with uh, Rotacare. I like it. I like the name. Rotocare. I mean, I know, I know it's because, because of the lawyers, blah, 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 blah. But I think, I think in that case, positivity came out of the end. Cause I think uh, Rotocare, Rotocare is uh, very cool. Yep. Charlie, I'm going to, I'm going to ask you one more question and okay. then I'm going to let you go for round two uh, until <laughs> we have the other 15 other podcasts that we're going to have. Yeah. Um, uh, I use, I know we usually end it with what's your elevator pitch, which you've already given me, mm-hmm. but let's say now I'm interested in what you're doing. I'm like, wow, this is cool. I would love a clinic or I'd love to get involved. How can somebody's rotary group or a Rotarian help you and uh, really, really make more than 15 clinics possible? Um. They would go to our website, which like every other website in the world is under development. Uh, And I'm shaking trees and saying, I need it faster, faster. 
But do you have a do you have a Facebook link as well as it as or not yet? Well, not yet. Okay. So what is what is the web, what is the under construction website? The website is rotocarefreeclinics.org. Okay. And there's a form to fill out if you want us to contact you. And there is a copy of the red book that you can get. Um, um, now you would look at the red book, however you wouldn't really be able to use it to start the clinic. We're not just saying here, here's a book, go start a clinic. Thank you. You know, (laughs) (laughs) no, I mean, realistically, there's going to be training needed. Um, Mm -hmm. There's some issues, you know, in in Seattle, we have three clinics. I may be going up there to help do some recruiting. Mm -hmm. Um, So, I mean, we're, the website is out there. You know, we're trying to get these things where, you know, tell people we're going to be in Tucson. You know, if you know anybody that going to it, it's the uh, Zone Institute for the West Coast. So it would be at least the past district governor and future governors going. What I'm trying to do is get through to the governors and say, hey, here's this really cool rotary type project. We're not asking you to give us money or not yet, but we want you to or we're asking you to mention to your rotary clubs that this is another project. And it's a Rotarian driven project, even though not by rotary to bring healthcare nationwide uh, and just get that message out. Because everybody deserves healthcare. And what's that? Because everybody deserves healthcare. Right. Everybody deserves healthcare. And for whatever reason, which we won't go into, uh, healthcare has really gotten into trouble lately, you know, and just cost of things. And, you know, my old hometown, Silicon Valley, where people are making $15 an hour and somehow trying to live there. um, Yeah. And it's up to 15 hours, $15 an hour because they just raised it to there. You know, so they're not very happy. You know, they're not really capable of paying for uh, health insurance. Yeah. So we're there to help out. Well, Charlie, you are a David and Goliath kind of person here. And uh, and I don't know. I, I, I honestly do not know if you have all the answers to fix the problem, but I can definitely... Uh, just by your pure gumption is definitely going to put a dent in it. And I appreciate your time again, again, for podcast two, until we get to podcast 15, um, for being so, for being so open and honest with us. And if you come to Seattle for the record, Mm -hmm. that is, that is my neighborhood. And Ah. I'll take you to dinner. If you come on up, please do. Ah, I will take you up on that. (laughs) I I will get you involved in the Puget Sound clinics. How's that? Wow. Well, yeah, I, I kind of, that, that was a sucker punch. I knew I was going to, that was coming. I knew that was coming. Yes, I would be honored. Absolutely, sir. I cool. thank you so much for your time again. Alrighty. Thank you. Free health care for everybody. Sounds pretty awesome, doesn't it? And I'm not saying those words to get involved with any health care political debate. What I am saying is thank you, Charlie and all the staffs at your 15 clinics that are basically saying right here, right now, today, no matter who you are, where you came from, we have a form of healthcare for you. Step into our clinics and feel safe and respected and loved and on the road to perfect health. That's really cool. And Charlie Wasser and the rest of his staff at all of these clinics are doing that every single day. And you know what, Charlie? I have a very strong feeling you are just stubborn enough 
to get a Rotor Clinic in every single state and uh, every single continent to boot. Let's bring healthcare to everybody the four-way test way. Cool idea, huh? Thanks again, Charlie. And about the 15 other podcasts, I'll be in touch. Until then, you be in touch. If you have somebody that you think would be great on my podcast, let me know. Rotarianpod at gmail.com. And hey, tell a friend about the podcast, won't you? Subscribe and even write a review. Why not? I like reviews. I would say I'm absolutely wonderful, but I'm slightly biased. Anyhow, until next week, take care of yourself and the world around you. Stay healthy. Hug the ones you love. And I'll hear you next week on the I'm a Rotarian podcast. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye-bye.